JJ Piccolo. He joins the show. Actually, Binkley, I'm going to need you to add him because this phone never works. Can you punch oh, yeah, JJ yeah, on yeah. through for me? JJ, He'll join the show now. JJ on through. Merry Christmas. JJ, happy early holidays and all that stuff. Uh, did you have to look up what something was that your kids asked for? I feel like this is the time of year where you're like, what's a dunk low? And you got to make sure that you're all caught up. No, you know what? My kids are at an age now where they're pretty simple. So they, they just tell us what they want. They're, they're in their, uh, soon to be 20 to 24 and uh, things have gotten a little bit more uh, quiet and simple at Christmas time. JJ, that is a hundred percent gift cards, isn't it? I'm not talking gift cards. <laughs> I'm talking the visa, the American express ones where they can use them everywhere instead of like, you know, a restaurant or whatever. Tell me I'm right. It's all about gift cards. It's gift cards. It's a specific pair of shoes. It's, it's very simple. So uh, my wife does a great job with it, and the, the boys and my daughter aren't afraid to, to ask for what they'd like to get this Christmas. Do you go artificial tree or uh, real tree? We actually got both. We got, we got a real tree in one room and an artificial nice. in another. So we, we go both. We, we went back to real trees about uh, six or seven years ago. As the kids grew out of allergies, uh, we, we started bringing the, the live tree back in, which I grew up with. Uh, every year of my childhood. Same. I still get the live tree. I know one day maybe I'll have to make the switch, but for now I'm still hanging tough. JJ, it's been a really busy off season for the Royals. I think you could make an argument. You guys have been busier than any team in baseball. I know you've talked about the division and these other things, but what kind of uh, tip the scales for you or John Sherman or others to be like, okay, you know what? Now is a good time to go for the division. Yeah, well, I mean, this year, 23, was just not fun. I mean, it, it, was, a, it was a tough year. Um, we were frustrated with a lot of things. We were learning along the way because we're excited about our coaching staff. We're excited about a lot of our young players. Uh, but it was clear to us at the end of the year that if we're going to capitalize uh, on, on a group of, of young players, a core of players, uh, if we're going to capitalize on, on their time here and our ability to push forward, we needed to be really aggressive this offseason, and you know, I think we outlined pretty clearly uh, where where we thought we needed uh, to to get deeper and where we need to get better. Uh, a lot of it was on the pitching side, and then also just to uh, acquire a bat to put in the middle of the lineup. And fortunately, we were able to get a a nice player in Garrett Hampson as well. So, um, you know, it was a very focused. Um, approach to what we were doing. Uh, we were very aggressive from the get-go with free agents, very aggressive in trade ideas amongst our, our pro scouting department. And um, I'm proud of the way they went about their business and the way we handled things and the way we were, we were able to work through things and ultimately arrive at a roster that looks a lot stronger right now than it did uh, at the end of September. JJ, how far back did you go thinking, all right, these guys are going to be free agents. These are the guys we're going to target. These are the guys we're going to want. And they, a lot of them from the same teams, you know, the Padres, obviously the Rangers, you get a couple of players from there and they get that experience of winning plus the little Royals feel with the Rangers. But I'll even go back to the Kyle Wright move made back in November. I cannot wait till he plays. He's got to miss this whole year. But I think that's a home run for the Royals as well. Was this like in your mind to target these guys last season? Yeah, if, they, if there's an advantage of not being in a playoff race, uh, it's that you can start thinking about 24 and 25 uh, a little bit sooner than the teams that are in the race. So we took advantage of that. There was a lot of discussions you know, on a nightly basis, uh, watching our games with our front office about what we need to do. So you, you get a little bit of a head start. 
Um, we also took advantage of planning some organizational meetings the week after the season. Usually organizational meetings take place in January. We did them in October, which is more infrastructure than it is the, the 26-man roster. But that led right into uh, what, are, what are our objectives uh, by collaborating with all the different departments uh, from a from a major league perspective, how do we improve this team? So I feel like we got off to a really good start in October uh, with where we were, where our discussions were, and it became really clear who are the players that we need to target, and um, it came together pretty nicely. We know that JJ most NFL or most uh, MLB GMs will tell you you need eight nine starters over the course of a season. Now it feels like that five through nine range ends up being a lot of those guys from that 2018 class. Bubich later in the year or Lynch. How are those guys handle the maybe switching role? That's either, hey, you start in the bullpen and you start when we need you to, or you're back to AAA because the competition's greater yeah. and you can earn that role. How do those young guys, especially that core, kind of handle that transition? Well, I think we'll see over time that they're going to benefit by being around guys that have, have had the experience that a, a Lugo or a Waka uh, have, have experience. So they're going to benefit in the long run. Uh, what I will say is they've been excited about the moves we've we've made. I've heard from a lot of them. I know our pitching coaches have spoken to a lot of them. They know the competition uh, is there for them. They're not afraid of it. They're not intimidated by it. And I think they're getting to points of their career where it's becoming real. You know, there was a, a two-year period here where we were going to give innings to guys who had pitched well in the minor leagues. They, they, they earned their way to the major leagues, but we were giving the ball to them. But you reach, you reach a point in your timeline as an organization where you need to make a major step forward. And I, I don't know what 24 will bring. A lot of things got to happen uh, for us to come out on top. But I know that the roster's deeper. You know, you, you mentioned having you know starters beyond five. We we feel like we we've got eight or nine starters right now that we wouldn't have a problem start on any given night. And that's a, a great feeling uh, with the security of having guys that have done it for many years. So. They've handled it great. I think they're going to learn a lot from from the guys I mentioned, and it's going to be a really healthy environment for us and, and really kind of the clubhouse culture that, that we envision and want to create. I'm not saying that uh, having guys like Zach Grinke around didn't also help the young pitchers, but what's the difference between guys who are coming off maybe the best years of their career or those types of things? Like when you talk about Lugo or Waku, might be coming off one of the better years he's ever had. What's the difference for like those guys, guys in those early 30s to deal with them versus even just like what you might have gotten out of Zach last year from a, a teaching perspective? Well, Zach, Zach was great for us. Uh, he, he really was. And Jordan Lyles is great for us, you know, because they, they have those types of years in the game. I think you're just getting different perspective now. Guys that came up and, you know, like Michael Walker came up in the Cardinal organization and experienced playoff baseball his rookie year and pitched really well. Um, so there, there's a different experience that he had. Seth Lugo had to fight his way through to become a starter. Uh, he was always very highly regarded because he's got such a good curveball. He sort of burst on the scene in 2017 in the WBC, pitching for Puerto Rico. He pitched extremely well, and I think that's when the baseball world started to take note that this guy's got a chance to be special. But he had to he had his he had to wait his way, you know, wait his wait his turn, I should say. Uh, to become a starter, and he was in and out of the rotation, and then last year goes to San Diego and proves to everybody in the industry that that's where he should be, and he is a starter. But you, you listen to him talk about how patient he was, and you know, at one point I think he said, 
that just wasn't good enough to be a starter. So, you know, I think those types of experiences will rub off on the guys that are going through, you know, similar points in their career that Michael went through way back in 13, I think it was, and that Seth went through during his years in New York. So there's going to be a residual effect that we'll see the benefit of, you know, come 25, 26, 27, as our pitchers start to get into the age 28, 29, 30, uh, there's going to be a residual effect. And, and, and I don't want to overlook, you know, Will Smith and Chris Stratton, Nick Anderson down in the bullpen every night. I mean, that, that's a little fraternity down there. And when, when you talk to Will Smith and Chris Stratton and Nick Anderson and you hear them talk about what it takes to pitch in the major leagues and how much they want to win, and then you look at the ups and downs they've had in their career, there's perspective that our other pitchers in the bullpen are going to benefit from listening for 162 games, listening to those guys talk. So we're, we're pretty excited. You know, I'll call them about the, I'll call it the unmeasurables. We, you really can't measure what that does for the team. Uh, but we're excited because we know through our past, our experiences, having other players, we know that there's, a positive effect that veterans have on younger players. Yeah, these guys, Will Smith, back-to-back-to-back world championships. <laughs> I mean, these guys, you know, are winners and fighters that you brought in here, and it's impressive to see because maybe there was a time where the Royals needed some, you know, veteran leadership, but it seems like this team's ready to go. You know, they don't, they don't need any more. Bobby Witt and Denny, these guys don't need that anymore. They become leaders, and how big do you think that is, J.J.? The te- teams can look back and say, all right, this team won. In 14 and 15, they went to the World Series. In 14, game seven, 15, they win it. You can win in Kansas City. How big a part was that in getting these free agents? It didn't matter where you're at, but you can win in Kansas City. Yeah, it, it, it's big because uh, while Michael Walker in particular, you know, talked about being here in 14 and 15 and feeling the crowd, you know, Will Smith had been traded, but Will Smith's friends with all those guys, and Will – Will's gone on to do great things in his career, but he knows what Kansas City's about. Uh, you talk to Hunter Renfro, and he talks about, you know, he, I knew Kansas City was a place I wanted to go. And then he mentions, you know, I talked to Hosmer, I talked to Mustakis, I talked to Kane and Shields. He's played with all those guys. So, you know, there was influences. And, again, when guys are playing six, eight, six to eight to ten years in the big leagues, they come across people in the game. And, and the players will tell you, where where's – where to, where should I go or where, where's a good place to play? And, and all of these guys had a desire to come to Kansas City. I think once we, we got Will signed, that, that quickly evolved into getting Stratton signed. We already had Anderson on board, so our bullpen looks different. Now we started to focus on the starting pitchers, and, you know, we, we get Lugo done, and now Michael Walker, you know, really loves what he's seeing. And, um, you know, they all talk about winning. They're at a point in their careers where they're not worried about whether or not they're a major league player. They want to win ball games. They want to win a division. And they all shared that with me. I, think, I know some of them said, them said that in their Zoom calls or press conferences. So the mindset's right, and that's where you can transcend the roster and uh, create a culture of winning when you add the right people. You can call me um, greedy if you want, JJ. I understand. You guys have been very busy this offseason, but – from an extension from a young player standpoint, is that still something you guys will explore this off season? Yeah, no, we will. It's, um, you know, it's a little bit of a slow process and we, we have to respect it. Um, you know, I think it's no secret, you know, we, we love Bobby Witt Jr. And there's others that, that we like a lot on our team, uh, but those things take some time. Uh, but I, you know, I'm hopeful that with what we've done, uh, the support of ownership, 
what we've done, it's a clear indication that we we plan to build something that's sustainable, and this is a great place to play your entire career. So hopefully that will help those types of discussions moving forward. How qu- how how important is this? Is something I think Vern and I talk about together, JJ. But I'm curious from a manager standpoint what it looks like when you guys bring in these players, and, and you know you bring in Walk and all this stuff. We talk about the fact that they want to win. How important is it from the young guys' perspective that they don't get used to losing? We thought that that was maybe part of a problem with the young core the last time turnover through the World Series where you get used to losing. Maybe that for Wit yeah. or for Dozier or that. How much do you guys pay attention to that as an organization? That's a real thing. Um, they, you know, we're all humans. We're all emotional. Uh, that's a real thing. And when players start going in into games night after night, not believing that we can win, that, that becomes a really difficult hurdle to get over. Um, you know, I don't feel like we were there uh, just based on how we played in August and September. We didn't lose the teams. As a matter of fact, a couple of the free agents we spoke to talked about how they pitched against us late in the year and it didn't look like a 106 loss team, which was encouraging because you want to be objective in, in how you're, you view your own club. But when other people are telling you that and it's on par with what you think, I think that that's a good feeling for us. But I don't feel like we were in jeopardy of that. Um, but we did need to make a move to try to win more ball games and compete at much higher level in 24 because that may have been a result uh, when you get to July and August of next year. It just beats players up mentally, physically, and it becomes a, 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 a tough situation to come to work every day not believing you can win. But I, hopefully we've avoided that, and now we can right the ship and get moving in the right direction. Well, J.J., it's got to be a different mentality. You know, you talk about your phone blowing up, I'm sure, because – you know, the Royals are the talk of Major League Baseball, MLB Network, everybody's talking about these moves the Royals are making. But those guys, you know, Bobby Witt, whoever, you know, Benny, wherever they're at, they see it on their phones. They see it on MLB Network. They see the Royals, you know, going out and making moves. That just has to help your roster from top to bottom, uh, seeing, you know, what the organization is doing to win games. I mean, it has to be huge. And I'm sure they're getting texts from other players. You're like, hey, what are the Royals? This is awesome. I'm sure you're getting a ton of it. But I'm sure that goes a long way for the organization, for people just talking about the Royals in a positive sense. It does. It, it definitely does. I mean, I love that the city's excited right now. And we know the reality is we've got to go out and play well in 24. But right now, you know, we, we sort of shared our goals and objectives and we were able to meet them. You know, and, and the nice thing right now is we, we still have 50-some days until the first day of pitchers and catchers. So, We've got time, you know, we've got time to do other things. And, uh, you know, and one of the things I realized really quickly, once we got uh, Waka agreed to, you know, like now the, the field is more clear, right? What, what else can we do? We're not worried about getting another starting pitcher or a bat. Now we can think through other opportunities or, or approach teams with other oppor- opportunities or ideas that maybe improve us in 24 or maybe even down the road. Uh, could really improve us because, again, it, the goal isn't just to win in 24. It's to sustain success over a long period of time. And, you know, now I think we have the opportunity because we have uh, a roster that's put together that if it stayed the same going into spring training, we feel good about. But we have a window here to think about other ideas and be creative to continue to improve. So we're we're not just going to stop here. JJ, really appreciate the time as always. Enjoy the last few weeks of offseason before you live in Arizona, and thanks so much for joining us. 
No problem, guys. Happy holidays to you.